Thank you. Oklahoma Wesleyan University, I love you. You are awesome. And I praise the Lord for the opportunity to come and be here today and share with you. And I want to say a welcome to my wife, Don Marie. She's seated down here. We were both <laughs> students together at Oklahoma Wesleyan University about 10 years ago, times four. And uh, it's wonderful to be here. I have the wonderful privilege of sharing with you on the theme that is the theme for the semester and for this for the chapels, and it is DNA unlocking the building blocks of biblical community. My assignment is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. And so I want to go into the subject and talk about it. And as we get into this, I, uh, I had asked students yesterday, I, I teach a class in the spring, and so I asked spring students, or the students in my class, I said, now have you had somebody tell you what DNA is? And so there was a little... Um, mostly no, they thought, and either that meant you were sleeping in chapel or they really haven't told you what DNA is. And so I'm going to try to talk to you about it, but one of those things that you think about in when you have uh, an electronic device like this, there, it starts to show up. Don't you just love that when that happens? I went to you speaking off of an iPad probably about four, five, six years ago, and um, I, when I first started doing that, I carried paper with me too. I carried it on paper and then also on an iPad. I never, over, over a year, never had to go to the paper. Then one day I was preaching and my iPad went blank. And so I get up here and I hit open and it doesn't open, but it did, it came up. We're going to talk about the uh, DNA unlocking the building blocks for biblical community. And with that, I want to uh, go to the very next slide and talk just a little bit of some academic kinds of things. Because what I did is I, I uh, sent an email to Dr. Quick and said, Dr. Quick, this is your world, DNA is. He understands that kind of a thing. And I'm going to give just a little teeny piece of what Dr. Quick sent back. He sent back things that I couldn't even say the words, and, uh, and I certainly couldn't explain all of it, but in it, I, uh, I did discover when I went and did a little look, there's, there are pictures of what DNA looks like, but I asked the question, what is DNA? So I want to give just a little tiny bit of an academic thing, and then I want to move into a more practical side of how we're going to take the example of how DNA connects to our spiritual community. DNA, in the next part, is an acid in the chromosomes in the center of the cells of living things. And when I read that, I was like, I know every one of those words. I can say those words, and I have no idea what that means. And some of you are probably in the study of biology and understand some of this stuff, and you go, oh yeah, I know exactly what that means. I would suspect that most of us have no idea what that means. Then I go on, and there's this second part up here. DNA determines the particular structure and functions of every cell and is responsible for, this part I started to get, for characteristics being passed on from parents to their children. We start seeing parents to children identified by the DNA. With that, then, I want to give a little bit more technical information. In this next one, I want you to see your DNA determines all your characteristics, including physical, 
emotional, intellectual talents. Ethnicity is revealed in DNA. The foods you like or dislike. And on and on and on, Dr. Quick says. For example, there are 200 genes that determine what kind of hair you have or don't have or are losing or is changing. And he goes on and gives some numbers in there that I can't even say how big the numbers are about various aspects that connect to DNA. He went on and he passed along a very interesting story how DNA is very, very much the same in some people like identical twins, a story he shared. There's an interesting story about identical twin men that were separated at birth and raised apart. They found out at the age of 50 that they were identical twins where they both lived in a metropolitan city. They were going to meet each other for the very first time. They decided to get each other a present. They both went to the same department store, picked out a present for their long-lost brother, and when they exchanged presents, the wrapping paper was the same, the boxes were the same, the ribbons were identical, the ties that they had chosen were exactly the same. We are who we are because our Heavenly Father gives us all the tendencies through our DNA that make us who we are. We choose what we like or think is best, but, and then he has in this little part, there are 465,000 genes that greatly impact who we are. So there is a genetic planning that defines who we are. That's DNA. So with that foundation about DNA, we need to realize all of us have a spiritual DNA. We're going to talk about that. That's what this whole semester really is about in looking in 1 Corinthians, the DNA of a Christian community, the spiritual community. We're going to look deeply into what is that spiritual DNA. So all of, all of us have a spiritual DNA, and it is twofold, and we're going to learn about it. First of all, Sinful DNA comes by being born. Here's the bottom line. Everybody has a sinful DNA. Now, that doesn't sound very positive, but the Scripture reveals it to be true. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 51, the Scripture says, Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. We have a sinful DNA. Starts when we are born comes from the fall that happened at creation and then Adam and Eve in the garden and they fell and then because of that the sinful DNA is in every part of humanity and all of us are born with sinful DNA. It's just a part of who we are. In Romans 3.23 it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now I'm, I have asked in my class that I teach if I could have some of my class members uh, help me with an illustration. So we're going to if, if you were willing to help me with an illustration, come up. I'm going to need a total of 15 volunteers, and we'll see how many from class are here. And I want you to come and stand right along here to wrap around that way, and I'm going to have you help me by volunteering. All right, there's, there's four. Do we, and then I'm going to look for any volunteers, and some people, they will be, you will be volunteered. And so I, I need 15 total. All right, come on, come on, this is awesome. One, two, three, four. Five, 
all right, I need volunteers. I need, need 15 total. They're coming. They're coming from all over. This is awesome. Come on down. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. I think we have fifteen of them right here now. Let's see. Let's see if we're right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. We do. We have fifteen. All right. I'm going to give them a, a, a sheet that I want them to hold on to. I want you to hold it out this direction, okay, like that. There's a reverse side that you're going to get to see here in just a moment. Hang on here. This is, what we're doing is we're, we are, we are going to make this to be a chain of the sinful DNA, all right? And these are elements in the chain of the sinful DNA. Some of them have items on both sides right there. And yours will be blank right now. Yours will be blank right now. Yours will be blank right now. And yours will be blank right now. You're a vital part, but you're a vital part for just a little bit later on. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind handing me my iPad right there. Just thank you very, very much. The reason why I'm going to say, say this is because I said that we have, everybody has DNA, a spiritual DNA. And we're all born with a sinful DNA. The psalm passage says it happened since we were conceived and when we're born, we have a sinful DNA. So I go to a scripture passage, and it's in Colossians 3, 5 through 11. And in Colossians 3, 5 through 11, we identify these 11 various characteristics. There's some other passages in the Bible that talk about the characteristics of our sinful nature. And so when we look in Colossians 3, 5 through 11, we find that it says there is sexual immorality, and there is impurity, and there is lust, and there are evil desires, and there's greed, and there's idolatry, and there's anger, and there's rage, and there's malice or malicious thought, and slander, and there's filthy language that are identified in that passage. All of those things come natural to every one of us. We're born with it. It just happens. It's a part of the sin nature. So we have what we would refer to as a sinful DNA in us. And what happens is sexual immorality, that is, that is the root word is pornea, pornuo. It is where we would get porno, pornography. It's sexual immorality. It's a big, broad term about sexual interest and desires and thoughts. And the reality is that's a part of our nature. And impurity is a part of the nature. Lust is a part of the nature. You know, the guys watch the girls go by, the girls watch the guys go by, and oh, but these things can stir up. It's the sinful nature that's in us. It is there. We're born with it. So Colossians 3, 5 through 10 is a passage that reveals that information. We are born with DNA in us that is a sinful DNA, and every one of us have this. And in fact, if you go through the scriptures, you will even find other characteristics identified as our sin nature. And we're inclined to do it, and we do it naturally. We get angry naturally. 
we want to have our own way and we have malicious thoughts toward people. Something doesn't go the way we want and we go, oh, I'd like to get them, you know, they deserve and something bad. Those things happen very naturally in every one of us. Blow up with rage or I want to have my own way and I want to do it my own way. And when I say, well, I don't really believe that, I think my ideas even like about the scripture, we go, I don't believe the Bible, and I think this is wrong, the Bible is wrong, and I am right. That's a form of idolatry. When we think our ideas are greater and more important than God's ideas and God's truth, that's idolatry. All of that comes natural to every one of us. So that is just in us. So with that in mind, we have to, we have to realize God's plan is that he wants to give us a godly DNA, and a godly DNA comes when we are reborn. Now, I said we are born with an ungodly DNA. We are reborn to have a godly DNA. In the book of John, chapter 3, 5 through 7, Jesus is in that passage of Scripture where he is talking to Nicodemus, and in that greater element of the Scripture passage, he says, you must be born again. I want to read a portion of the scripture. It's here on the screen. The scripture in John 3, 5 through 7, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter, enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to, what's it say? The Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So how do we get the godly DNA? We must be born again, the scripture reveals. So Christ, when we say, okay, Jesus, I recognize I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Something amazing happens. He forgives us and he puts into us a righteousness. And what happens is there's a flip. So everybody flip your card over and there's a change in who we are. And we have all the way down through here. And what these are, are these are the 15 characteristics that are found in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. And here is the amazing thing that we've got to get hold. It's, it's really this awesome, absolutely astounding reality. The scripture, we call it in theology, imputed righteousness, but we use words like that, and we go, okay, I heard the word, but what do you mean? So flip your card back over to be, the, to, to be the ungodly DNA. We have that naturally in us, just like that, and when we pray to receive Christ as our Savior and say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, that only happens by the work of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. And then when the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm working on you, and you say, okay, Jesus, come into my heart, I want you to catch something. There is this amazing thing. Romans talks about this righteousness, and the righteousness is put into you. We can't earn it. We're not good enough. You will never be good enough to be righteous in and of yourselves. And the Holy Spirit comes, and I'm going to kind of act it out, but the Holy Spirit comes and goes, bam! And he inputs righteousness in you. You can't get it. You can't earn it. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. 
But the Holy Spirit says, when you go, forgive me of my sins, please come into my heart. The Holy Spirit goes, bam, you are righteous. You've got to stay on the righteous side. Okay? You are righteous. And he changes who we are. The whole DNA of who we are changes. We now have become patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not easily angered, does not delight in evil, is not selfish, rejoices in the truth, protects, does not keep record of wrongs, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. All of those are the characteristics of the very power of a loving God coming to live within us. And he does that by going ungodly, flip it over, let's have the ungodly there again. That's in there. And you say, Jesus, come to live in my heart. And the Holy Spirit goes, boom, you are now imputed with righteousness. It means you can't get it. I put it in you. That's the beginning of the spiritual DNA coming to life. And God wants us to be transformed by the imputed righteousness. And when he does that, he changes who we are to these kind of characteristics. You could also go to the book of Galatians, and it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit would be very much like this. That would be a part of the DNA of godliness, the godly DNA. Now, this brings us down to an element, and you guys can all lay them on the floor, and, and that helps me illustrate that. You can go have your seat. Give them a great big hand. Good job. Thanks. Now, here's the thing I want us to get a hold of here. We've got to ask, how do we make the DNA grow? Let's go to the next slide. How do we make the godly DNA dominate? Because there's a tendency for us to, if we are in normal life, we go through life, we have been imputed with righteousness. But here's the kinds of things that can happen to us. We can be a person who has been changed in kindness, and all of a sudden something happens, and I'm starting to have impure thoughts. Or I'm captured by immorality somehow. And what do I do with this? I'm struggling with immorality. What do I do with that kind of stuff? So we need to get a hold of how do we make the godly DNA dominate? There is a struggle that goes on within us. If you're not having that struggle, that's astonishing. There is a struggle that goes on within us. God has put righteousness in you, and he's put righteousness in you. But that old devil, he's coming along and saying, he's coming along and he's saying, I know that you're not supposed to be easily angered, but that makes me so mad. And that ticks me off. And I remember that you have done that, and I will never forget. And you start to keep records of wrong. But the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not supposed to keep a record of wrong anymore. You stop doing that. I've imputed righteousness into you. So how do we make the godly DNA dominate in our life? There's a struggle going on. And if we're not careful, we will end up yielding to the sinful DNA to be in control. And God sent his Holy Spirit 
to be beside you and help you. So the first thing we've got to do when we're going to have the godly DNA be evident and powerful, the first thing we've got to do is have the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know what? That almost maybe seemed kind of weird. We, we live in a world where they have movies and these strange, weird things are in the movies that they're making and a lot of paranormal activity. And when we sometimes start talking about the Holy Spirit, even in the church realm, we kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, that's this Holy Spirit thing out there, but I don't know how real that Holy Spirit work is. Here's the awesome thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit isn't an it. It isn't a somebody out there. It's Holy Spirit. That's your name. And you've been given to come along beside me. And you have been the part of imputing the righteousness of God in me and making the godly DNA, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, these 15 characteristics. God is love, and this is what it looks like. And when the God of love is living in me, the Holy Spirit comes along and he helps. And when we're dealing with this issue of, man, I, I, I really am not easily angered, but boy, that was wrong, and that ticks me off. The Holy Spirit comes along and he says, I'm here with you. Don't get angry. Come on. Come on. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't get angry. Trust me. I'm in you, and I want to help you, and you don't have to get angry. Or there's one up here on filthy language. I'm going to be real candid with you. Some of you, you go through life, and all of a sudden, you're, damn! And you say, F you, and you say those other things, and then you say, well, I thought, where are you and your Christian? Oh, well, that's who I am. That's, I can't help it. Actually, you, uh, you can help it. You are reverting back to your old ungodly DNA. And the Holy Spirit is saying, whoa, 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 hold your tongue. Don't say anything. Don't, don't, don't say anything. And you have a choice. You can turn to the Holy Spirit and say, damn you too. Out of here. Or you can say, oh, you're right, Holy Spirit. You're right, Holy Spirit. I need your help. When the girl walks by, you're going, whoa. And lust flips over. Holy Spirit said, no, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You don't need to be thinking that way. You say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, control me. Holy Spirit, make the godly DNA dominant in me because I can't do it by myself. So we start by saying, help of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. So we could say, you've got to help me here. And then we have to practice of Christian discipline. We have to practice. A long, long time ago, I came to Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and I was privileged to get to play basketball a little bit. I actually say I was a practice dummy. And uh, I got to play with some really nice guys. I loved them. And I played on the practice court. And I watched a lot at the games. And uh, I remember a coach saying, you know what, Joe? Everybody knows you're going to go down the right side of the lane and go up right-handed. You've, you've got to work on going left. Everybody can depend you because they know where you're going to go. You always go right hand and go that way. And you know what? 
That's my natural DNA. I'm right-handed. A whole bunch of us have a natural DNA that's ungodly. And God has imputed righteousness into you and said, here's the Holy Spirit to help you. And the Holy Spirit's saying, all right, let's practice going left. Let's practice going left. Let's practice bouncing our eyes off of the girl and looking at other things and thinking other things. Let's practice saying something besides damn or other things. Let's practice the godly. When I was a student here, I had to help work my way. We got married early and I worked my way through college and I worked midnights at Phillips Petroleum Company and Midnight Crew was uh, kind of rough, some of them, a lot of them. They figured out after a while I was a theology major. They called me. They probably were only in their 40s, maybe, most of them. But I I am like 20, 21 years old. They called me Preacher Boy. And these older men would often bring pornography up to work in the middle of the night and then kind of things slow down. I would have to do certain kinds of work. They'd say, hey, preacher boy, come up here. And they loved to, they loved to do something like this. They loved to go, hey, preacher boy, and flash at me pornography. And they thought that was so funny. I go, oh, oh, oh I, I'm not going there, you know. And they, they'd love to make fun of that and, and laugh at me. Oh, come on, preacher boy. But I want you to know, preacher boy, the flash of pornography captures my mind to think about sexual immorality and lust. And I'd have to say, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me here because that makes me think of all of those things. And I, that's hard enough without somebody flashing that in front of me. Holy Spirit, will you help me? And the Holy Spirit says, yes, I'll help you, but I want you to also hide my word in your heart. Psalm 119 talks about, I hide God's word in my heart so that I will not sin against him. And so I wrote down Philippians 4, 8 and 9. I put it in my pocket. And they would joke with me and harass me and try to get me to look at pornography. And I'd walk away going, man, God, I'm really, really sorry. I I think about it and I look at it and I don't want to look at it. And and when they flash it, I'm thinking, no, don't look. And I think, wow, you know, and all this stuff. And I don't like this. And Holy Spirit, you got to help me. And he says, turn to my word. So practice the word of God. And so I would pull out of my pocket a card. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And I'd walk through my work going, Lord, I'm thinking about what's pure. I'm thinking about what's noble. And I'm thinking about what's admirable. And I, think, and I am practicing the godly. bunch of us, we struggle. The Holy Spirit's there helping us saying, come on, don't, no, 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 don't do it. Don't, don't look, don't go there, don't do that, don't say it. The Holy Spirit's helping. And we're needing to practice 
but most of us where we are struggling in a weak area of reverting back to the old ungodly DNA and not letting the godly DNA dominate, we need to have an accountability person. Hey, Don Marie, would you hold me accountable? Would you help me? Would you ask, are you working on your scripture verse today to remember? I gotta, either I'm going to lie and then I'm struggling with old ungodly DNA. Or I'm going to be honest and say, yep, I'm working on my verse. Or no, I'm not. Or you've got a friend that you play ball with and you get mad in the ball game and you're ready to... Um, I was at a practice one day and the team here when I played on the team and Brian decked me and I got up and I took a swing at Brian to deck him. The anger. I have to cry out, God, you've got to help me. And then you've got to say, will you help hold me accountable? So when we're there and we're playing and we're starting to get hot, you come up, no, come on, you come on, you got to cool down. You can't do it. Remember, remember who you are. You're a person with godly DNA now. You can't let the old ungodly DNA dominate. Come on, remember who you are. Let's, we're helping each other here. Will you, will, you, will, you, will you go with me on this? That's what accountability is. And when we begin to do that, the godly DNA begins to dominate in who we are. And it changes the way we live our life. And then, you know what happens? It changes our witness because the world looks on and says, wow, what happened to you? And you know what you can do? You can say, well, I've been imputed. <laughs> and what? Well, they probably don't want to really know that. But what happened to you is the Holy Spirit came by the power of God. You've been imputed with righteousness. Boom! He puts righteousness in you. And now you have been looking for the help, practicing the disciplines, and being held accountable. And God begins changing who you are. That's what the DNA of the Christian, Christian community begins to look like. It changes you. It changes your home. It changes the way you live your life in community. Now, last slide here. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to do three things in this prayer. There are some of you here today who would still be at number one, who you'd say, I have the sin nature DNA dominating my life. And I need to ask Jesus Christ to come into my life and begin the God DNA in my life. Please, God, forgive me and come into my life. There's some of you who are probably right there. We're going to pray that in just a moment. There's probably a whole bunch of you who are at number two. I've asked for forgiveness but I need to allow the Holy Spirit to help me more. And I choose those words, need to allow, because the Holy Spirit's right there beside you. Come on, I'm here. Come on, don't do, don't, don't. Be careful, be careful. The Holy Spirit's right here. He's talking to you. He's right beside you. He's helping you. He's saying, you can make it. You, you don't have to blow up. You don't have to curse. You don't have to, you don't have to take my, God's name in vain. You don't have to lie. You don't have to steal. You don't have to cheat. The Holy Spirit's right there. He's right there, and he wants to help you. But you have to say, okay, okay, Holy Spirit, come on. And I want to surrender to you, Holy Spirit, completely. 
to be my help. And then there's a third part. Some of you, maybe many, would need to say, I commit to practice the Christian discipline to develop the Christ-implanted DNA. I commit to practice Christian discipline. Hide God's Word in your heart. Memorize Scripture. Get into a Bible study and learn the Word of God. Attend and fellowship with a body of believers who are going to help you grow. Those are Christian disciplines. Pray. Get with a friend and help be accountable with a friend in prayer. God wants to do this kind of work here today. And he wants you to say yes. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you wouldn't mind. I want to pray over us. I'm starting with the first one. Jesus, thank you for coming to the cross and paying the price for our, our sins, for my sins, for the sins of everyone here. And none of us are good enough to change our ungodly DNA by ourselves. But you, if we say, Jesus, I recognize you're the Savior, you're the way of salvation, you will come by the Holy Spirit and you will go bam and put godly righteousness into us imputed righteousness if we say come and forgive me so right now right now across this auditorium there are some students and maybe some adults who would be saying that's me I'm right there right now just in your heart say Jesus forgive me of my sins I need you please forgive me of my sins Jesus I know that you will forgive you do it you're a forgiver Thank you for forgiving us and putting righteousness into us. Thank you. And then, Lord, there are some here who, who, are, who are praying, and they're saying, I've, I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've asked, and I've, I meant it. I do want you to forgive me. Please come and forgive me. But I need to say, I want you, Holy Spirit, to come and help me, and I am surrendering to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please take control of my life. And I want to listen to you. And I want to follow you. And I want to do it your way so that the godly DNA will begin developing because you are helping me every day. And then, Lord, there are some here who just need to say, I, I know this, I really am surrendered, I I'm struggling. I ask that you will help me to begin the, the disciplines that I need to have. I need to commit to Christian discipline. And I'm going to get in your word and I'm going to start hiding in my heart. I'm going to write a verse and put it in my pocket and I'm going to get it out and look at it. And I'm going to ask somebody to do the verse with me and I'm going to ask them to hold me accountable. And I'm going to begin spiritual discipline so that I will grow in my godly DNA. So Holy Spirit, I know you're moving here today. I'm just asking, Holy Spirit, that those who made a prayer like this in their heart as we prayed, any of those prayers, any parts of those prayers, if you prayed a part of that prayer, one, two, three, or something like it, if you prayed that, you say, that was in me, I just want you to stand where you are and say, I'm, I'm getting the godly DNA going. Just, just stand and go, I'm, I'm in. I'm praying it. 
God's working in me. The Holy Spirit is calling on me. The Holy Spirit's challenging me. And I prayed one part of that prayer today. And I'm believing for God to help the godly DNA to be alive in you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who are willing to say, I was in on that. Holy Spirit, I pray your anointing will be upon this body of students and Christian Christ followers. I pray that your anointing will be in them and on them. I pray that you would protect them from danger. That you would encourage them in spiritual growth. You'd give them an ear to hear the Holy Spirit better than ever before. And then a will that would respond and act on the truth that they've learned. Thank you. For those who yet are struggling with deciding to let godly DNA to be infused, to be imputed with righteousness, you're still struggling with that. I pray that you will walk with them to help them come to the point of deciding I'm going to really be a committed follower of Christ. And for everyone who has made that decision, mature them. Help them to become dynamic disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you. To God be the God bless you. God loves you, and I love you. I'm glad you've been here.